Hello, this is Michael Ewer, and I'd like to invite you to The Michael Ewer Show, featuring student hosts and very special guests talking about a variety of interesting topics. You can find us on the Eagle Stream YouTube channel. Welcome back to The Michael Ewer Show, and we're here today with Graham at the School of Barbering at Wake Tech. So tell us a little bit about your general student clientele. Um, well, our program has been here um, since last year, September 2016. Um, we, um, we actually had our first graduation this past Tuesday, um, our first graduating class, so that was exciting. Um, our program is actually 15, 1,600 hours. Uh, the state required you have 1,528 hours. Um, our uh, hours of, um, for schooling is uh, not for full-time. It's Monday through Friday only, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., and then for our part-time, it's uh, Tuesday through uh, Friday from 6 to 10, and Saturday from um, 8 to 12. Okay. Um, full time of the year, part-time of the year and a half. Uh, we do provide services for the public, general public, um, general public, excuse me. Uh, we, um, we do those hours between 11 and um, uh, 2.30. Every day? Uh, it every day, okay. Monday through Friday. And then we also do, um, that's our daytime hours. Then we have our um, part-time or evening hours, which is from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Okay. And then we do Saturdays from um, 9 to uh, 12 on okay. Saturdays. So we open to the public as well. And I've had the uh, honor of having my hair cut for you from your little folks, and I need it done today. Yeah, so you to come we're back here. We're going to do again. a before and after. I know Dr. <laughs> Rottenberry, he's got me on a still shot, but we're going to show them what it looks like when you get finished. Okay. Now tell us um, a little bit about some of your community outreach, because I know that with the Museum of History, you have set up a booth, but I've also seen you cut hair at different yeah. community events. How do, how do people request that? Uh, they could reach reach me at um, on my uh my phone either here, my number here, 919-866-5727, or they can email me at wkgram, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, at waytech.edu. They um, have any events they want us to participate in. Uh, one thing I tell my students that we had a responsibility not just to service our community, but we also had a responsibility to serve our communities as barbers. Okay. Um, and so we had an opportunity, um, we had the privilege, I should say, to um, partner with the YMCA. We did some... Um, uh, haircuts for students for like picture day okay. um, for some of the students were like less fortunate we also reached out um, have partnership with um, Salvation Army we cut hair that's usually our um, our uh, part-time evening program does, does uh, haircuts for them as well we also um, partnered with um, we did the museum we also did the home the um, men's homeless shelter okay. South Wilmington Street homeless shelter we cut hair there as well and uh, so we just all about trying to give opportunities to give back to the community uh, with our services. Yeah, and barbershops are such a unique location yeah. for people to get together and socialize. Yeah. So we know, uh, I certainly know about the black barber experience, but I also grew up looking at Andy Griffin. Yeah. And it looks like they yeah. do about the same thing it's as the we same do. Thing. <laughs> same thing. So your students yeah. are very diverse and they cut yes. all kinds of hair. Is all, that right? Yes, right. Because, um, well, one joke I always joke with my students, I would tell them that hair only has one color. Mm. And that color is green. Right? <laughs> some is long, some is curly, some is straight, okay. some is you know a wavy. But okay. at the end of the day, you should learn how to cut all types of hair. And you're exactly right. That's a one thing that's I guess that is um, uh, the experience that you get from a barbershop, regardless of where the barbershop, any community, um, the barbershops has always been like the pillars of those communities. Right. Um, so that goes back to why I was, how, how I tell my students why it's important for them to reach out. 
and do service in their community besides just servicing them as well. Okay. Um, but to really get back to talking about like some of the same things from in the black barbershop, one thing that we goes back to our barber history, just barber history anyway, way back in, I guess they say back in the Roman periods, mm -hmm. um, they, they kind of say that that's or where the Egyptian period. Or Egyptian period. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, that's where Egyptian period were with beauty beautified at okay. and, and all the whole thing. But they say the um, Roman period was kind of supposed to be like the, the period when the um, camaraderie started, oh, really? like kind of with the bathhouses oh, okay. and things like that. And I think one thing about the black barbershop, I think we um, have held on to that kind of um, tradition where, um, especially after like, after like, uh, like post-Civil War time, Right. Um, one thing about the Black Barbershop has been the place, if it wasn't church, that's where we went to go get the latest news. Um, matter of fact, um, some uh, history has it that that's where a lot of the um, medical doctors came and would come and promote inside the barbershops. Mm -hmm. Different local legislative politicians will, they would use the barbershop. So if it's not the church, they would come to their barbershop. Mm -hmm. but and I think it uh, is a cross-cultural thing because yes. a lot of people don't know this, but the founding of North Carolina Central as North Carolina College for Negroes and the Chautauqua and all that. Mm -hmm. The barber of the Duke's family was very instrumental in convincing the Dukes to help them get Central started. Right. So that's one thing. And then what do you know and what do you think about the barbershop quartets? The it's, a, it's, it's, um, I think we still do a lot of, we make a lot of noise still okay. in the barbershop. Oh, right? yes. <laughs> um, but yes, that, that's another one of our histories with the cortex is the, um, you don't see them any much, too much anymore. Mm -hmm. um, there's still some people that, that still holds on to that culture. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, uh, one thing, again, speaking of, like, the cortex, that's, uh, again, the, the barbershop has always been a hub for a little bit of everything, for everybody from people coming in there wanting to sell music to want to become an artist, to meet somebody, they need mm -hmm. to be an artist. You know, the barbershop is a hub for just networking. about everything and yes. networking that mm -hmm. you would that you would. Now, um, there are so many newfangled kind of things going on in the world. Mm -hmm. So tell us about some of the new services, because I know barbershops now, they have all kinds of, they have bars, they have sports right. themes, yeah. and some of them are upscale in other ways. Right. Do you kind of um, go through that marketing kind of concept with your students? Yes, okay. I do. Actually, one thing that brings up my, one of our slogans of, for the pro, our programs uh, is, it, is the very first business school of barbers. So, we want to make sure that they understand not only just how to cut good hair, but how to run a good business. Okay. So being here at Wake Tech, we had the opportunity to partner with our small Wake Tech Small Business Center, okay. which, shameless plug here, but we have probably one of the best small business centers uh, in community college-wise. But um, I was able to partnership with um, Ms. Katie Gills at the Entrepreneurship Initiatives. Oh, yeah. And we started a, um, we have a business component piece that is actually added into the program. So when they finish our program, not only will they get a haircut certificate, they will also get an entrepreneurship certificate. Um, and that's important because, like you said, going back to now that the shops are, uh, which is exciting to see, that it's no longer just a traditional uh, barbershop. Now you have barbershops, like you said, adding a bar in there and adding more, um, more coming more of a kind of a, a spa setting, yeah. um, which is exciting for the uh, industry. Because I, I would say probably the past, uh, seven to ten years there's been a shift where for a while a lot of the barber shops were um was being challenged i would say from a lot of the hair cuttery chains okay that kind of came in and 
um, since the boom of beards now being accepted in the workplace and people um, you know, going to go back to doing straight razor shaves, becoming you know that kind of nostalgia kind of you know thing. So barbershops has been make this is a really peak time for us because the barbershops has been making a comeback where people are looking or gentlemen are looking and ladies are looking for um, that spa experience, but at a barbershop. Okay. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so it is definitely. I'm going to um, expand a little bit on something that, I, that you said I thought was very important, and you partnered with the Small Business Center. Mm -hmm. And this whole production is a partnership, and I really am glad to see student services working with academic affairs, and yes. that's on the curriculum side. But now you're with Workforce and Continuing Ed, so we have went through three different silos, yeah. and we are all working together, and I think it's important yes. if Wake Tech has resources that our students know. And I know some of your students have degrees, so this is not just something that people do. Right. Some people I know in your program may have doctors or masters or bachelors. I certainly know some, right. but this is a passion that people yeah. have, right? Yeah. yeah, we have, again, going back to not only do we have a very diverse student um, um, body or group, but we also have, like you said, different ages. We've ranged from anywhere from 18 to, to 50. Mm -hmm. um, with various backgrounds, various um, various uh, educational backgrounds. So yes, most of the time, um, people that get involved is usually a passion, usually probably a second career, okay. could be a retirement plan for some folks. Um, so and it could be a new, you know, a first time career for, for others as well. But right. yeah, you, we we have a very um, uh, diverse group, and it is you have to be passionate it's an art. So. Right, and I and I go to a barbershop downtown. You know, in the old black business district on yeah, Harvey Street. Classic. Yes. Um, but what one thing, my barber is a biologist as well. Wow. But his father owned the shop. And so yeah. this is like his inheritance. Yeah. But he's also an artist. So a lot of barbers have a lot of other skills. Wow. And all that conversation comes about mm -hmm. in the barbershop because mm -hmm. of the diversity of the barbers. Yeah, and that's yeah. the experience you bring to the shop, right? Mm -hmm. So you have, a, like you said, they all even the barbers themselves has various backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, so... Um, they can bring that um, to the um, their barber experience. Um, you know, I I know some barbers that. Well, one other thing too that, and it goes kind of goes back to why it's important to understand entrepreneurship. Uh, one thing that um, I've always, I tell my students and I try to point out to them is that being a, understanding how to run a successful barbershop is just the same fundamental things you would need to be able to start to run any type of business. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know. You don't, and you're not stuck to just cutting hair. Right. You know, whatever your other passions you may have or the other skills you may have, you know, you can still use those same fundamental skills that you use to start your business to anything else. So. Yeah, and I think that um, the customer service is awesome and it determines what yeah. barbershop you go to yeah. based on the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that you're a therapist, but you can no. provide therapy for yeah, some people, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's funny because I shared an article with my class and um about I found it was on a, it was actually on psychologytoday.com and they had an article talking about the hair industry how that is a cheaper version of getting therapy sessions okay. because you have this 30 minutes or an hour time capital time for somebody to be able to get stuff off their chest and, mm -hmm. and it's naturally that you have you know confidentiality you don't share other people's you know, experiences but um, yeah, I mean, I get I get customers all the time to tell me I don't know why I get in this chair, and I feel like I want to tell all my business, <laughs> right? But then that's the kind of um, experience you want them to have. Exactly. Um, is that you want to have that experience that at least for me, and one thing I try to 
uh, pass along to my students is that you want it to be a place just to get away from it all, right? Because it's always been that, as you joked and saying, it's like the men's like kind of gentleman club or what have you. So, um, yeah. So it was a question. Yeah. I didn't see that. Question. Um, yes. There's a video of the shop. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're going to show the video. Thank you so much, Dr. Roddenberry. Yes, sir. We're going to cut and look and go on. My name is William Graham, and I am a licensed master barber and educator. My name is Brian Henderson. Uh, I'm a barber instructor and also a barber. A few of the things that I have noticed uh, since being in the profession is one, the art of uh, cutting hair has gone to the next level. A lot of the barbers now are getting into hair art and hair designing. Because of the growth in area, because of the Raleigh-Durham area, North Carolina becoming one of the number one places to live, you find more people relocating here. So what has happened, um, there has been a lot of hair cuttery chains moving to the area as well to hire barbers, looking to hire barbers, and also give the opportunities for barbers to start their own businesses as well. I was in the barbering field. I recently moved back. When I started the program, I recently moved back to Raleigh. And in the barbering field, it takes a while to build up your clientele list. It's a, it takes a little while. And I was at a point where I needed income and I needed something stable. And so I came through Wake Tech for the program to help me get my certification. I went through the North Carolina State Board, Barber Board Examiners, and training and structural across. I went online and I researched the information myself and I found that Wake Tech offered the program and I went about uh, signing up for it. What's in detail into the training is actually you will learn anywhere from not only just cutting hair, but also styling hair, also being familiar with using different uh, chemical texture services as well, and also customer service and also how to um, start your own business as well. Because of the, the quality uh, training that Wake Tech offered their students. Um, whenever I'm looking for a barber, I will definitely contact, I'll contact Wake Tech first. And also uh, when I have any other uh, peers that look for uh, a student, I recommend Wake Tech as well. No sooner than I finished the program, I had already had individuals that worked for the barber college that I currently work at and they were just waiting for me to finish my certification from Wake Tech. The training that you get in the classroom is the same training that you're gonna use in the workforce. After being in the industry this long, I've still learned something new uh, from tools to equipments to products and different styles and techniques are constantly changing, so you can never stop learning. Going through Wake Tech, the training procedures that they take you through for an instructor to pass the North Carolina State Board are above and beyond. So if this, is someplace, if this is something that you're looking to do, the credentials and the certification are out there, but you have to choose the right place to go, so. And Wake Tech is that place. All right, we're back with Graham. So we, we really are enjoying this, and I love this whole environment, and it's very much like a real, real barbershop. Yes. So tell me, what is uh, it like? Does it simulate? Do people come in here and have all kinds of conversations and recreate those kind of barbershop experiences? Um, well, we don't have so much experience. Yeah. Things that goes on in the barbershop. We I still, mean, we the still good have stuff. School, but yeah, yeah no. we, the clean, <laughs> the stuff. clean, the clean stuff. <laughs> yes. Um, but yes, we do. Um, when we uh, when they come for the shop, when we start at eleven o'clock, it is. I, I have the students actually have get a chance to put them uh, the opportunity to practice customer service. So I have them greet the customers and okay. sign them in, and you know, and I tell them to be themselves. And I try not to be the type of instructor to be right on top of them. Okay. Um, I try to let them 
learn how to start knowing how to communicate with their clients. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I'm always watching from afar, so I've, you know, I've learned over years how to use mirrors and all the other stuff, so I can be able to keep my eye on them. So if a haircut gets too far, okay. you know, uh, the students and I have certain little little cues or signals when um, I just you know take the clipper and fix the fix the work for them. We try to make the client comfortable okay. at all times. But yes, we try to keep it strictly shop. That's why I don't try to stay on top of the um, clients while they, or students and clients while they're working, so they could get a real shop experience. I used to have background music playing because I, I tell them that I gotta have some kind of background noise because that's mm -hmm. what I'm used to in the shop. Mm -hmm. So we try to give them that real life um, barbershop experience while they're here. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that music. And um, when I was a young person, <laughs> when I was in middle school, my you uncle, already, you my, young, I was young, younger, much younger. Okay. When uh, my uncle had a barbershop, and so on Friday nights, that was my little hangout. I yeah. would go with him, and a lot of young people. It was a place where all generations were, yeah. from their getting their first haircut all the way up to the high school kids and yeah. the college and the workers, and yeah. it was a lot of information shared in that yeah. space. Yes, yeah. yeah, it is. It's amazing. Um, so I had opportunity um, to be uh, work for the. North Carolina Barber Boys to be a state inspector, so I used to inspect barbershops. Okay. Um, and that was a very humbling experience because I thought at the time when I was inspecting, I was going on about 20 years of cutting hair and being in the barbershop. When I started meeting, you know, my you know, senior barbers that have okay. been cutting for 30, 40 years, sometimes even more than that, it was just amazing to hear their stories. Yes. And the one thing that um, I found interesting um, that uh, I got a chance now to finally, uh, recent, I just recently actually, experienced um, going on to a third generation, oh. meaning that I'm cutting, you know, one of my clients' son, son. son. Okay. So that's like I'm reaching that third generation. And it's so amazing to hear um, the, you know, other older barbers doing the same thing. Right. And when people get a barber, they like to keep the same one. You yeah. Know, people will yeah. wait for yeah. an hour. Yeah. Deanna Stevens has a question. I'm sorry. She wants to know, can we get a free haircut? Oh, I'm, I'm glad you said something. Um, it is free for your very first time. Wow. For any anybody that comes visit, it's free for their first time. And then it's um, our hair service is only five dollars, but we do reduce it for students and staff, so it would be more like we give them the senior rate would be like three dollars. So okay. senior and public safety rate. And, stuff. and 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 barbers do women's hair. We do women's hair. Is it differently? So yeah, okay. we do mainly when it comes to doing women's hair. We are, we try not because we already have three great cosmetology programs here at Way Tech. Right. We try to be careful on, you know, not stepping on anyone's toes. Right. But if it's kind of any kind of shortcuts, like any like some ladies call boy cuts, okay. we do those. Um, when it comes to longer um, layer cuts or styles. We just do mainly do like shampoo and a wash, a simple wash and wrap, maybe a blow dry style. Okay. But we don't really do a whole lot of styling, okay. um, meaning like we don't really do a lot of the chemical services. We don't really do. We learn it, but um, and we learn it as barbers, but we don't actually offer that service because we don't want to right compete yeah. within weight tech. But I've been to barbershops that they seem to be built within a beauty parlor. They're both together. Oh yeah, sometimes. Well, going back to our history, okay. I mean, and that's across the. Order every shop, but back in the '60s, um, back when long hair was in, you know, had the afro, you had the, had the Beatles, mm -hmm. hair was going long. So a lot of the barbers had to learn how to start doing women hair okay. to be able to survive during that period. Okay. So and then there was going back to when I was inspecting, I used to run across a 
a lot of older barbers who never came back to cutting men hair because they were making so much money doing oh, women's hair. hair. So they right. just never really came back to barbering. So, but they had still had their barber license because um, if you put our curriculum side by side, this is basically what I try to explain to people. We learn barbering a couple of times. We learn the same exact stuff. It's just that we spend more time on the haircutting piece okay. while they spend more time on actually hairstyling. Okay. So, um, yeah. Now, um, you talked about your prices and the free. Now, do you have a Thanksgiving special or anything, or had yeah. you thought about that? Yeah, well, uh, we had one. Of, uh, that's a good one. I was, I've been working on one called Thankful Giving. Okay. Okay, that's actually been one I think we do, um, or actually do a monthly special. Okay. Uh, of course, we've got this new class getting to start, so we're going to start ramping that back up. But we do like to send out the um, campus-wide blast there, so take a, you know, always look for those. Okay. Um, we'll be doing a blast every month with a different special. Okay. But, yes, we will be doing now. I'm gonna go ahead and do this thankful giving one. Right. I mean, and, and most of the time, the, the, I have to cut you off. I'm sorry, but most of them, when we do it, is usually whatever that service we are advertising will be free. Okay. For that for that entire month. Well, I think even as an outreach, that this is a season of giving, and mm -hmm. people can bring the canned goods. I mean, you can do a lot of wonderful things at this space. Yeah. It's. I, I was speaking with Miss. Um, Melanie. 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 And I, um, I can't remember her new last name. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> and um, we um, had talked about trying to, um, or we mentioned about um, any time there's any other type of, like you said, um, any kind of drive or donations that we have a space here that they, if, you know we can always do any type of can drives mm -hmm. or any kind of um, I need book to, reading drives. We can always do anything. I need here. to remember that because I know that we are getting ready to do some Thanksgiving dinners for mm -hmm. um, some of our students and probably... This is a site that they collect food too, isn't it? We can be. Yeah, they do. I'm, I this, think, this I think the public safety does do it. Okay. We can do it as for the school as well. We did a drive for um, actually um, my wife's sorority. We did a shoe drive here okay. last year. And um, so, yeah, just definitely. Yeah. Well, and, oh. We have a question for you. One huh? last question from Melanie oh, no. Green. Okay. This is a tough question. Okay? Oh, this, boy. This, this is one of those uh, end of exam. End of, end of semester questions. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, con she's talking about conflict theory. It's a sociological theory that suggests that conflicts help move society forward and grow. Sometimes bad things happen, and they help us. And so I'm sure she's probably talking maybe about civil rights conflicts in that period in American history when it helped us grow. And she wants to know, how do you see barbershops is fitting into that particular period of history and the conflict that was the civil rights era. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I don't think it's a hard question. No, it's not actually. <laughs> I mean, they're involved now and, yeah. I, and I can remember even when they were fighting to make Martin Luther King's birthday a holiday yeah. and yeah. divestiture in South Africa. Barbershops yeah. are always a place, a go-to place right. to discuss and from a community person's mm -hmm. point of view. But mm -hmm. as a barber, you might want to answer that differently. Yeah, um, we, we actually kind of touched on that earlier when okay. you mentioned about how um, we were talking about the uh, place where people will come and politicians will come. Um, but yeah, during that civil rights, that was an area, it was actually um, during that period, it was almost kind of like, I guess you would consider almost like safe havens or safe okay. spots for them to come meet and to be able to um, organize, to rally barbershops was used for that as well. Mm -hmm. um, before the actual civil rights movement, and back around, like I said, around that post-Civil War time, um, one one book I was reading, one 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 research gentleman that re did a research said that, um, and his theory was that uh, that they believed that 
um, the barbershop because during that post-Civil War era, um, the black, black barbers was the only one cutting hair because it was considered um, any kind of service right. industry was, was mainly for any type of like slaves or people. Um, and so they believed that the black barbers, because their professionalism had some kind of influence on a lot of the politicians to, to be able to, um, to feel comfortable with freeing the slaves. It makes sense. sense. Yeah. And that even goes back to that, that Duke, yeah. the NC Central and, yeah, exactly. thing, because it's the exactly. service. Yeah. Um, I think that our time is winding down, and it was great, and I'm planning on coming back. This is going to be my home base. Yeah, We're going to bring right. some people up in here. I yeah. love this yeah. space. Thank you. Thank um, you. And I think we need to promote this a lot more in the community. And I, if any of you are listening, please get in touch with Graham and try to have him come out, and it'll showcase what you do, but it also will give you a really good added ump to your event. That's right. Yeah. That's right. If, we, if the haircuts don't come to us, we'll go to the haircuts. So. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for hosting this today. Right, thank you. It's great. All right.